Well, last week, the Guardian disclosed that the speech had not been written by Gordon Brown at all, <laughs> but by a 27-year-old choral singing researcher named Ed Ball. So there you have it, the final proof. Labour's brand new shining modernist's economic dream. But it wasn't Brown's, it was Ball's. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. What's well, we know who the hard left are in the you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party way. who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were all right to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that sort of hard left wing position, hard left. The hard left, 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 hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 left, hard left, left, hard left, 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 on the hard left oppose send it to Cuba the hard left Castro would charge 20 grand the airline to get your airplane back he had a good business the hard left the hard the hard hard left it's over The hard left, the hard, the hard, hard left. No more rock critics. No more European ideas of good and bad. Yeah, I remember the redneck truck rally part, the ICE officers going after people. Yeah. And and then, and then Ed Ball's just basically being like, ah, well, they had drug charges, so let's send them back to quote-unquote home where they're going to have no connections, no financial support, no family structure. They're basically just sending them there to die. Brilliant. Yeah, but I've got to say that that was one of the most disgraceful bits of television I have seen since I last switched on the Daily Politics. Uh, that was it was really, really appalling. And I, I've never been a fan of Ed Balls, but my respect for him plummeted when that scene happened because it really is some cold shit. It's like the song Gustavo we talked about in the last episode where Mark Kozilek sings about how he had the Mexicans working on his house and includes the great line, oh god, those motherfuckers drove me nuts with their electrical saws and mariachi music. But then, then the guy Gustavo gets deported and Kozilek is just like, I'm sorry, and hangs up the phone. And it's, it's literally like that. It's just like... They deported him back to Mexico. He called me collect from a Tijuana pig. Asking, man, could you wire me?
this well, awful privileged white man. Oh so, fuck! I forgot it was Yair, not you, on that. Uh, yeah, I, I've been in a room with you when you played a lot of Sun Kill Moon, but I haven't. I he's put out. Yeah, Mark Kozalek has put out a lot of music, and I am not up to date with a lot of it. So, but I, I from what you've said, I am aware that he's a pretty awful human being. <laughs> I get that impression. I mean, didn't you say he was like reading Nietzsche? He's been reading Nietzsche. Nietzsche. He is reading Nietzsche at the moment. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I was expressing regret. I, unfortunately, I couldn't get every funny bit of Mark Kozilek trivia into the last episode, sadly. I was expressing regret on the timeline the other day, but I couldn't find an MP3 of Adam Granofsky Blues, which is his follow-up song to his infamous diss track, War on Drugs, Suck My Cock. <laughs> and uh, it features um it's just it's just Mark Kozilek playing a blues riff on acoustic guitar and reading out the war on drugs singer and Adam Granduciel's uh, disparaging yeah. comments about him over it while laughing derisively <laughs> Uh, and it it's called Ad- Adam Granofsky Blues, um, which apparently was Adam Granduccio's name before he changed it. So it's it's petty on so many levels. <laughs> then two days later, I get an email back from him saying, the offer has expired. <laughs> Maybe when I get home from tour, I'll go to Starbucks and buy your record. I was like, you're such a fucking prick, dude. (laughs) He was such an asshole. I didn't even say anything. Then he goes to the internet and he challenges us to this thing. But I was like, you fucking prick. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. So, So what I'm saying is that the same sort of just absolutely appalling, like foul and base white privilege non and this is non the music you like to listen to jack yeah yeah i love it uh, it's kind of like well at least at the very least not at least so honest about it come on non-migrant <laughs> privilege i suppose not uh, somebody who's yeah. not at the risk of getting deported privilege i thought that ed balls just being like well what can i say he broke the rules <laughs> i thought that really was indicative of that kind of perspective yeah We'll get, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit because it's Just, like because up until, up until that point it's very passable he's very again not the biggest fan of Ed Balls in his politics but up until that point it's like okay this is just a very standard sort of kind of like Louis Farouk-esque going around talking to people getting their views and opinions and not trying to force a certain view or any and then of course the ice officers part comes up and it's just like oh god could you be less soulless not <laughs> not you more soulless, I think you mean. He yeah. c- could he be yeah. less soulless? Could he, yes, could he, he yes. certainly could. He, well, <laughs> he's yeah, he's very, very well. He didn't show. Yeah, delete that. And I mean, delete it, I mean, this. That, it's amazing because if anyone was to get to the master files of any of our recordings, it's just me every ten minutes going delete that, delete that, <laughs> delete that joke, delete that comment, delete it all, delete Tim Peaks. Don't. No, I fucking spent ages on that, <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> and we got an exciting Tim Peaks related thing yeah. coming soon on the show. We don't want to necessarily reveal it, but it will be very no. good. It's a reflection of, of the time we put into that, 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 that thing. Have we even explained what we're talking about this episode yet? I don't think we've even done an introduction or anything like that. No, 
No. So what have we got today on Real Politic, Tom? We have got a double whammy. We've got a review of a documentary and a Real Politic reading. Or readings. Yeah. Because uh, we have been handed over various diaries or blogs, written materials by our good friend of the show, Luke Akehurst. <laughs> friend a- of the a- show, a- Luke Akehurst. AKA Cool Hand Luke. Who blocked us on Twitter fairly recently. Because oh no! I'll tell you what happened. Luke. We suggested that he was paid to do right-wing shit posting on behalf of the, the, the slugs of the Labour Party. Of course Party. he is. And, and, on, he, like. and he said, actually, I'm an amateur. And we said, yes, you certainly are an amateur. And he blocked us. <laughs> 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 so, I'm sorry, Luke. I'm sorry, Russia. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the great thing about Luke Akehurst's, like actual account, and there's another account, that has a slight variation in the app. Yeah. So whenever I see a tweet by who I assume is Luke Akehurst, it's just some account just constantly tweeting Russia. Or sometimes <laughs> it's the actual official account where he's gone Russia. So it's sort of all blended in together now. So you don't yeah. know whether it's the real Luke Akehurst or the fake Luke Akehurst saying <laughs> Russia or not. At Jarvis for Justice. <laughs> Sadly, it's, now it's, dormant it's, because Dan Jarvis has just disappeared overnight from the political scene. <laughs> There's no point taking the piss out of someone who barely exists. He's gone AWOL in the Middle East. He's gone to <laughs> sort it out. We may not hear from him. For Dan Jarvis time. has replaced Tony Blair as Middle East peace envoy. He's he's gone to join ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> well, um. Oh. So today, yes, we'll be talking about the documentary series Ed Balls' Travels in Trumpland. Is that what it's called? Travels in Trumpland with Ed Balls. Yeah, that's right. The first episode is called Proud. (laughs) (laughs) Not a sentiment I imagine Mr. Balls himself feels particularly often. But yes, we'll we'll be talking today about the latest television event by light entertainment personality Ed Balls. The follow-up to his very, very popular appearance on Strictly Come Dancing, for which I believe he was briefly one of, if not the most popular politicians in the country, although he'd left politics by this time, which certainly helped. Yeah, because the, the documentary opens with him losing the seat, doesn't it? And it's it does, yeah. Which is, as, as I said on Twitter... World shift yeah, the, the documentary starts with its peak. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> it's... I'm now going to ask the Well, I think it's fair to say that's probably the biggest casualty of this election so far. It's difficult to imagine a, a bigger one at this stage. Ed Balls, the Shadow Chancellor, one of the biggest figures in the Labour Party, being such an influential figure in Labour government's past and indeed, of course, uh, since they've been out of office for the last five years. Uh, MP for Normanton since uh, 2005. Um, his wife, Yvette Cooper, Shadow Home Secretary, has been re-elected, uh, but Ed Balls has lost his seat. No, look, I, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I don't celebrate the loss of any Labour candidate, but in some contexts I do. <laughs> I'm not celebrating the win of his, his opponent, merely this ridiculous man losing his seat and no longer being able to to drag down semi-decent figures of the soft left like Ed Miliband, who, I, mm. who, who I'm a critic of, despite having him in my Twitter avatar. I'm, I've not gone to the dark side. I don't think he was a good leader of the party. I, and Just not my exactly dream. surrounding himself. Not no. surrounding himself around good <laughs> politicians and politics really easy. I was looking at Travels in Trumpland on the old Google 
And yeah. um, I stumbled upon it. It's got a BBFC page. Has it? It's been rated 12. <laughs> All right. Contains well, guess... frequent strong language. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. There's one point where Ed Balls is like, fucking hell. <laughs> just under his breath like yeah it's probably it's when they stick him in a fucking leotard or like taser him or something uh, i think it might be episode two which neither of us have seen because come on man we don't, two hours of balls just for real politic we're not that fucking committed to the show well, i assume there was only gonna be this was like a one-off but there's how many episodes are there gonna be like three i there? don't know i haven't checked <laughs> great research for this episode so it's the first episode when he's in the South, and then in the second episode he goes up to the, the Democratic states. Well, the Democratic uh, states that voted Democrat. That, well, is, <laughs> does that count as Trump land? <laughs> because it's I thought, all I thought, Trump land, baby. I thought the idea was he goes to the places that Trump won. I don't know. From the end of the episode, it seemed like when they did like the kind of the preview for the next episode, it seemed like he was going to places that were more critical, but. I don't know, I don't know. What was I saying? Oh yeah, no, I was saying I, I don't think Ed Miliband was a particularly good leader, and even if he was more successful with his programme, it wouldn't be my politics. Mm. Although, oh god, I'm sounding like Tony Blair talking about Jeremy Corbyn now, like, even if he could win, even if it was the path to power, I wouldn't take it. I would still do everything in my power to wreck it for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, an unreconstructed hard left programme that will retain the Trident nuclear deterrent, not pull out of NATO, <laughs> unreconstructed. God, I wish they would reconstruct it a little bit more. Nuclear weapons, they'll come up a lot more later on in the episode when we talk about a certain Labour member. <laughs> <laughs> Luke the Nuke. Yeah, what have we got on the agenda today? We've got Ed Balls in Trumpland, we've got the blogs of Luke Akehurst, <laughs> and we have got a special Q&A session with yes. exciting, techie, crowdsourced questions and comments from our from our fans we'll ignore some of them we're not we're we're not going to respond to all of them some of them fucking annoying no 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 names named but fuck off um however most of them are very good uh, especially uh who are hard left chris i'm afraid i still don't know It's nice to know people want to ask us questions. It's always nice, you know, to see people want to ask us what we think about things, you know. It is. So my fir- on my third attempt to finish my point about Ed Miliband, my point was Go. I'm not a big fan of the other Ed, but I think that his leadership of the Labour Party was really, really weighed down by the conventional thinking of Ed Balls in the economic area. I think Miliband mm. himself... Yeah, well, not for the entire time. I think he came in in 2011. I think at first Ed Miliband might have kept Alistair Darling on as his chancellor. Or did he offer it to David? And David was like... Mate, nah, I was mate. I was so disillusioned with politics at that point. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, Gordon Brown is Labour, isn't he? And Dave, this David Cameron is a right slimy fucking I don't, I don't like the Curtis Cameron's jib. It's terrible jib. <laughs> I, I don't like the cut of this Nicholas Clegg's jib. Not one bit. It's terrible jib. In fact, I don't trust him for a minute. Uh, and then turns out he was shit anyway. He was fucking shit, yeah. yeah this I this think... was before we f- found out he fucked pigs, but there you go. <laughs> he was, he was uh, very, very, very shit as a prime minister. And he managed to keep going for a fair few months after it came out that he fucks pigs. Categorically fucks pigs. What, yeah. Why would Lord Ashcroft lie about anything, mate? When has, when, when has Isabel Oakshaw ever been responsible for dishonest journalism? <laughs> he Nothing definitely comes to fucks mind. pigs. 
He hundred percent fucks pigs. He I mean, I mean, if it didn't happen, why put it in the book? It must have. Like, if it's in the book, it's like Charlie a Charlie Brooker knew, mate. Yeah, exactly. He knew. What Charlie, he knew. yeah, exactly. He's part of a liberal metropolitan elite, and and they're the same as the like conservative metropolitan elite. So he knew. He, 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 it was fact. Where do we start? I guess with Ed Balls in Trumpland. Travels in yes. Trumpland with Ed Balls. Ed Balls. You've got a lovely Confederate flag billowing away on the screen in front of me. So yes, yes. He he he, he pitches the age-old question to these rednecks at a at a, at a big um, truck rally, and uh, he goes, "So that flag right there, what does that flag represent?" And of course, yeah. they come out with the usual responses: "Oh, well, it's heritage. It's you know, it's, it's our heritage." About the obvious question that, of course, that flag was used in numerous racist southern political activities throughout history. Yeah, 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 exactly. Its racist connotations do not simply date back to the Confederacy. Mm. I mean, you don't even have to go back to segregation in the 1960s for this. You can go to just literally any kind of racist, as you say, Tom, political activity in recent years. Like, at the moment, you know, at the far-right protests at the Charlottesville rally, there were confederate flags billowing oh, away there yes there's still a reasonably active clan they you like know, the there, flag there's, there's a deep racist movement although it must be said that ed ball seems to go out of his way to speak to every single black trump supporter that he can find or a minority ethnic trump supporter um just to kind of prove look Look, there's two sides of this coin, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and I mean, it's it's a fair point, I guess, to point out. He speaks to one Hispanic Trump supporter. She's doing catering at the uh, Redneck Festival. Yeah, she's she? she's yeah. she's very popular amongst that that crowd and stuff. Her and her sister oversee catering at this kind of annual kind of truck rally that goes on. And she votes Trump. She moved to the United States a few years before, and her sister also works with her as well. And she didn't vote Trump. And yeah, uh, she's like, yeah, this is. What is she doing? Ed at one point goes, if these policies were in place now and you were attempting to come into the United States, you wouldn't be allowed in. And it's yeah. like, mm, okay, interesting. And it's just sort of, they just sort of kind of side, she just sort of side skirts the issue and just kind of carries on. And there's that part. And the first black Trump supporter you meet is actually at the Trump rally, isn't it? And he also, what is he talking about? We'll, we'll probably include some sound clips and stuff. What's well, at the Redneck I'm rambling Festival. shit right now, basically. It's at the Redneck Festival that he meets the first black Trump supporter, isn't it? Not yeah. at a Trump rally. Does is he it... actually go to a Trump rally in the course of this episode? No, he's at a Trump rally. So. He also goes to a veteran's home as well doesn't he yeah i remember him visiting the ICE monsters going to the redneck oh, rally and hanging out with the veterans at the end those are the segments that i remember is it me or when ed balls is driving around is he listening to a tape of trump speeches <laughs> <laughs> well you know what what is he I, fucking I, listening to is he just trying but, to get himself psyched up like oh, oh gotta, you've reminded gotta me of these powerful bit, speeches about foreign policy from our boy trump oh. <laughs> it's fake news it's fake news hey look at them everyone look at the back of a hole it's the fake news and Ed Balls is just like damn some powerful stuff um <laughs> it's just reminding me of there's a scene where he's sitting in his car later on in the episode and he's talking about like the veterans transitioning from being in a war zone to being back at home and he's like it's almost what it was like for me when i had to transition from being in politics to being on <laughs> 
on the front line of politics, just and like those what? boys in in Afghanistan, <laughs> just you know, with bombs and I was on the, yeah. the I was facing the bombs and bullets of the front bench. The yeah. same thing. The same thing. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to include at some point the clip of that. Which Tory cunt was it? Was it Hesseltine? In that speech from like 1996 or 7 and he's at the Tory conference and he's saying the speech wasn't even written by Brown so the speech wasn't Brown's it was balls <laughs> I think he calls him Ed Ball but still <laughs> you've made the right balls of this mate yeah well so did Hesseltine if it was even Hesseltine it might have been Tebbit or any other any number of Tory fucking ghouls. Is it a conference from the 90s? Yeah, 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 it is. It's attacking Gordon Brown over some kind of economic policy. Could be Portillo before he got the boot. Yeah, he, oh, he's, yeah. The, he's the one that has the, that absolutely ridiculous speech from the, the Tory conference that was in the run-up to the 97 election where he just goes off on, like, we should be proud of our history. To be proud of it. It's been immortalised by some fucking right-wing dickhead on YouTube. He's just, just taken footage of Spitfires and just fucking edited it over his, like, speech. It's just yeah. the absolute... It's the worst. But it's worth saying that Ed Balls was very influential in politics for a long time. So he's born in 1967 and he became the MP for Normanton in 2005 and then Morley to Outward in 2010 to 2015. That is his Wikipedia bio. And he lost his seat to Andrea Jenkins of the Conservative Party. And I think, I mean, obviously she's a Tory, so she's definitely a toad, but I think she is like a particular, oh yeah, she's like a big Tory Eurosceptic, so probably a huge right-wing toad. So yeah, not a massively good thing that he lost his, not a massively good thing that any Labour candidate loses their seat to a Tory, or a Lib Dem, who are Tories. Uh, but basically, even before he became an MP in 2005, he was at the heart of politics. He was Gordon Brown's chief advisor. It was like him, Ed Miliband, who was known as the emissary from Planet Fuck, because he was the only one who could communicate between Gordon Brown's sweary team, Gordon Brown's team of angry, aggressive men, and Tony Blair's team of, like, melts <laughs> Ed, Ed was the, the intermediary between them but Ed Balls I think he was one of the aggressive angry men so he was the enforcer if you will he was yeah, the, he, yeah he was he describes himself as a bruiser yeah. in this episode when oh that's a bit I forgot he does the wrestling thing doesn't he oh, where he dresses up in his that. leotard and he does uh, he, 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 <laughs> he, fa he facetimes a vet and she's just like oh for god's sake yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I mean, Ed Balls had his hands in Labour's economic policy from whenever he started working for Brown in the 90s to basically when he lost his seat in 2015, before he was made Shadow Chancellor. Under Ed Miliband, he was Economic Secretary to the Treasury from 2006 to 7. so under both Blair and Brown. Brown reshuffled him to Secretary of State for Children, Schools and Families. Then he was briefly Shadow Secretary of State for Education after coming, I think, second last or maybe third, uh, whatever, in the 2010 leadership contest. Then he was Shadow Home Secretary, and then he finally became Shadow Chancellor of the Exchequer, succeeded by Chris Leslie. <laughs> you just said that we were all right to right wing. A meteoric rise. 
and a meteoric <laughs> fall. Yeah, absolutely. After he became an MP in 2005, a lot of people attribute the cracks starting to show in Gordon Brown's team and in Brown's political strategy, even though, of course, Brown would become Prime Minister two years after that. The cracks were already starting to show, and part of that is because Ed Balls was at the heart of Brown's economic policy, and I think he was left a bit rudderless without balls behind him. That said, I don't think he was the right shadow chancellor for Ed Miliband. No, no, and it all came to a sad and tragic end on the 8th of May. Very sad and tragic. Was it the 8th of May, was it? Oh, God, I remember that well. I remember that because it was on the day we handed in our final piece of work at university. And, it um, was, yes, and then the Tories got back in with the majority, yeah. yeah <laughs> Wonderful! A, what a... What a <laughs> Work my ass off getting that final piece of work in and then just staying up all night watching the Conservatives get a majority. It's just <laughs> absolute nightmare. And then I remember just going to see you the day after, just like, yep, <laughs> so that's happened. And no, no, I think it, that was only a few years ago, and we thought it was going to be the start of a very long five years, and it hasn't exactly turned out to be as depressing as it initially seemed. No. It's taken did... some interesting turns, let's just say that. It felt like the end of the world, though, didn't it? It, 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 it was horrible. Really, it was so depressing. We've got our last bit of coursework in, so it's kind of like, now you're going out into the big bad world, and then <laughs> as we're having to reckon with this kind of existential change in our life, we're just watching, as Chinua Chibe would say, things fall apart. Like, <laughs> everything yeah. just yeah. going to shit. Going I mean... To- Fucking shit. I knew we had the coalition and stuff, and of course we need to completely do away with this bullshit way of, ah, well at least the coalition was somewhat tactful. The coalition was shit as it was. It impacted loads of disabled people in terms of the cuts. So going from a very shit position we were in to an even worse one, knowing that these people had had a majority, it was just absolutely absolutely terrifying it was and as you said we were going out to the big wide world and that was what was greeting us a conservative majority the first since 1992 was yeah. it yeah oh boy oh well anyway back to ed balls in trump land so he goes to the redneck festival and it's very sub louis through very sub john ronson i saw somebody saying like louis through but more compassionate bollocks no um, way no 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 no, 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 no is more like like yeah, he's, no, he's, he's quite he's quite blunt furry but he's he's not as cold as fucking ed balls is in that fucking ice officer's part oh absolutely it just shows ed balls as you literally sound like one of the goth kids in south park when you say this but it shows what kind of conformist he is everyone's just walking around like a bunch of conformists they're all zombies racing to their graves. They're all a bunch of Nazi conformist cheerleaders. Let's be meaner. What a fucking bootlicker he is. <laughs> but he's but he's there saying, well, uh, it's obviously a terrible human tragedy that this guy has lived in the US for 20 years and he's he's got a wife and kids here. But, you know... He broke the rules. He did he, he did drugs. He's got a he, drugs he record. Dealt, yeah, he dealt drugs. But again, has the concept of ending the war on drugs not entered the kind of political lexicon of fucking light entertainment melts? I thought that was an extremely disheartening segment, actually, because it just shows there's some people who... I mean, Ed Balls probably supported Hillary over Bernie Sanders, I would say. Oh, no but, doubt. But, no, no, the, God, no the, doubt. The American centre-left is utterly beyond the pale 
utterly unacceptable, or it should be, to anybody British of socialist or social democratic leanings. And I just think Well, look it's... at the deportations under Obama, for fuck's sake. Like, it stretches... Well, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the idea of abolishing ICE is, like, this huge huge campaign on the American left, Even, the actual left, yeah. not the left I I know that Bernie Sanders gave a bad answer and said oh, oh well I don't know about abolishing it altogether but then he got pushed back and he said actually we should abolish it so there's obviously enough strength of feeling there to force Sanders to change his position to a better one and this just has not reached Ed Balls this idea that this institution is not fit for purpose and is just fundamentally rotten and corrupt and should not exist it's not reached him it's just like oh wow these guys the brave work they do I mean obviously it's a terrible human tragedy but you know these are the rules why are these the rules Ed why why don't you interrogate that for fuck's sake? I must say the haircuts of the ice officers look pretty fash. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Oh Jesus, that, that, that I'm just looking at this fucking mug. You can't indiscriminately arrest people for being illegal. Yeah, you basically do, you fucking cunt. Oh my god, just look at this fucking thug. Look at this monster. <laughs> He's white, by the way, that's not racially charged. Bulky gammon, just like it's just my job. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Gammon. Just gotta do yeah, my ex- job. Exactly, a gammon. You could just imagine that guy just kicking the shit out of somebody. So Ed Balls, now he's at IC headquarters. What's his quote here? Because it fucking made me snort derisively when I heard it. It was something like, ICE headquarters are much more convivial than I thought. Oh yeah, the ICE headquarters are far more relaxed than I was expecting. <laughs> it's like, I bet the prisoners, because that's what they are, they're prisoners, they're being immorally detained. And in some cases dying days after being held in custody. So that's, Yeah, absolutely. You know, like... Being separated from their families. I bet they're fucking relaxed. I bet they're so relaxed, Ed. Yeah. I bet they're certainly not just showing you the bit that are suitable for the cameras. Don't you yeah. think, Ed, that they're bringing... Because you're going in there with a camera, then they're going to be a bit more conscious of their activities, Ed. Don't you think maybe just a little bit? And Ed Ball says a thing, doesn't he, which was like, I agree with Donald Trump that there needs to be strong controls on immigration to... What is it? What does he say? He uses the word illegals. I'm trying to find the quote because I tweeted it out. But it's really rotten stuff. Even friend of the show, Penny Andrews, who I've got to say, sorry, Penny, for this episode, because I know you're an enormous Ed Balls fan. Even Penny was critical of Ed over that. So, that... <laughs> God, I'm not on... Of balls. Sorry, I don't want to be on first name terms with somebody who 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 is Ed Balls. The balls. <laughs> the balls. With balls there. It's very it's very depressing. There's <laughs> and that kind of puts a downer on the rest of the kind of silly, entertaining stuff where he's gotta put on a leotard and be funny, be obnoxious and overly British to a baying crowd it really it's it's kind of hard to because sit you, there there's, because there's, you've just witnessed a man accepting that he's probably going to be sent to a country where he's may die like he's lived in the United States for t- 21 years he's got children over there his whole kind of setup and his whole life is now in the United States and they're just being told oh no 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 you've got to go home you need to go to your home or well, the country they're sending him to is not his home yeah it's not Ed his Balls... fucking home he doesn't have no, any it's not the, guy, the guy probably doesn't have any connections there no economic just, he's just being sent back to this place where he'll die 
It's yeah, well, his wife and kids are over here. You know, he says he uh, exactly. watching it now. He says, "I've built a life. I have kids here." Ed Balls is like, "Right, how old are your kids?" And then Ed Balls, oh. yeah, afterwards is like, "Oh, it's just terrible human tragedy." But oh, and then ah, the he, uh, I, I found the quote. The thing he says is, "I agree." Brackets with Donald Trump. America does need a strong stance on immigration to stop illegals. Christ, <laughs> you got to stop them illegals. The ICE officers are proud. Their morale has definitely been boosted over the last year since Donald Trump was elected president. I agree, America does need a strong stance on immigration to stop illegals. But my worry is Trump's rhetoric is making all migrants feel illegal. And with this style of politics, it's hard to see how these new Americans can ever feel proud. I've got to say, I'm not happy with Labour's current policies on immigration, but at least that kind of toxic rhetoric is fucking gone. We'll have a little deselection segment in a minute. Who needs there, there to are... go so we can rewrite the toxic immigration message that is often peddled by these certain MPs? Yeah, but it's being decentered. Mm. Oh my god, Ed Balls. But on that basis, he was illegal and he blew it. And then he just looks fucking hell, he just does some shit-eating grin at the camera. It doesn't take away the pain and suffering for him and his kids. I mean, that's just tragic. But on the other hand, he broke the rules. Just rolls up his sleeves. It's another day in America. Eat shit balls. Fuck. So eat shit covered balls. <laughs> for fuck you. God damn it! God damn it! And then after this part, they try to lighten up the episode where Ed Balls goes wrestling. Yeah. And uh, he meets a former WWE wrestler. Does Laura know who he is? Because I know Laura's sort of the wrestling fan in our show. Don't know. He's a former WWE wrestler, and he does kind of more small-time wrestling, and he's a Trump supporter, and Ed Balls just wants to do wrestling. <laughs> so they have to, like, they teach... It's a really weird part, because the only connection with the documentary is that the wrestler himself is a Trump supporter and they're like okay well let's link this together and do a bit with wrestling it's just why mm. why I think that was the light entertainment bit of the episode yeah. from light entertainment personality well either that or where Ed Balls gets tasered but is that in the episode is it not in the episode he gets tasered I can't remember it because uh, I know the clip has been doing the rounds somebody sent us a gif of it a gif whatever Hey, remember there was that cleaning product? It was called Sif, and then they changed it to Jif. Or was it called Jif, and Sif. they changed it to Sif? Sif. Bang in the dirt is... No, that's Silly Bang. Uh, si uh, uh, yeah. Sif. It's Whatever. Sif is one, yeah. Let's not dwell on Sif slash Jif. Sif also comment is free in The Guardian. And <laughs> but um, should, should we read Laura's thoughts on the show? Absolutely. Because she sadly couldn't record tonight, but she did send us her impressions of Travels in Trump Land with Ed Balls. I know she didn't make the whole documentary because it got that painful. No, she says... to watch this drivel. She says, I got like 10 minutes in and just thought it was fucking pointless. <laughs> Nobody was learning anything from that show. I asked if Balls was still at the Redneck Festival when she checked out. Out and she said, can't even remember. Think when I came to and decided to turn it off, he was sending someone back to Afghanistan after like 20 years in the US. <laughs> I do like it there how Laura makes it sound like Balls himself single-handedly deported that guy. He did, yeah. He did. <laughs> like, Ed just dragging him onto the plane, <laughs> like strapping his seatbelt on, like, no, no, you are going home.
home. You know the story that came out a week or so ago, I believe it was the Norwegian student who got up on the plane to stop an Afghan immigrant who was living in the United States being sent back to Afghanistan. Of course, she stood up and delayed the flight and did a very good thing. I can imagine Ed Balls being one of the people on that flight going, come on, love, come on, I've got to be somewhere. Come on, let's, <laughs> none of this now. Come on, they've done, they've, they've, they've <laughs> Careful now, from, careful now. They're being Down with this from, sort of thing. They're being sent home for a reason, come on. I've got to get into London by eight. You would have definitely been one of those people. Right, have we got any... Well, have we got any... Because it's not really full of that much cutting-edge content on what made a lot of the southern states turn to Trump, though a lot of those answers were already widely available, but you just got Mm. this in the form of Ed Balls going around and telling you it. I Um, don't know, maybe fucking picking Hillary Clinton as their fucking candidate, the most hated politician in the country, when Donald Trump himself is pretty fucking hated. No, 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 no. It was Bernie. It was all No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Hillary would have won. Hillary would have won in the right circumstances if everyone got behind her, especially Susan Sarandon. (laughs) Absolute bollocks. The whole idea that his campaign turned everyone off when she actually finally won the nomination and that she didn't have the momentum to go on and beat Trump is just... I just can't believe they still peddle that bollocks. Well, I'm not going to recommend people watch Travels in Trump Land with Ed Balls. Um, nah. Not even the part when he comes up with his own wrestling persona. Not even that's worth watching. He basically. I like the bit where friend of the show Yvette Cooper says that his leotard accentuates his belly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just going to um, FaceTime Yvette back in the UK. I tend to ring to ask her advice at key moments in life. Yvette? Oh my god. What a... Can you see, Yvette? Excuse me, can you just hold my phone for one sec? I'm the British bruiser. There's something about the flag bit that just accentuates your belly. Oh. Yvette? Sorry. But I think it's quite important for the integrity of my investigation that I wear a leotard. <laughs> you remember how we talked about, you know, lines that you might cross? I think you've crossed one. That was the least supportive phone call I've ever had. I think she's just horrified because he FaceTimes her and she's just like, oh, God, which would be my reaction. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's perfectly understandable. And he gets really into it, doesn't he? He gets really into it. He's psyching up the crowd, getting really angry. He goes for this kind of, like, very British villain archetype for the wrestling match and gets beaten by the former WWE wrestler who's doing this kind of religious stick, I think. He's he's playing, like, this, this, this wrestling persona who's religious who has to come and defeat the British guy. I don't watch too much wrestling. We needed Laura for this because she knows <laughs> yeah, she's, no. she's, she's the rest, wrestling viewer from, from our Oh, uh, mate, Twitter is doing fake news because I, I, I just tried to find a classic tweet that I thought was from our friend of the show, actual friend of the show, not like a Bet Cooper, Oid PTG. And I searched from at Oid PTG slug and no results. Fake news. Fucking complete crock of fake news man that is a crock of shit but anyway there was some kind of like minor internal victory in the labor party for jeremy corbyn the melts of the plp couldn't get rid of him or something to ed balls being you know on strictly come dancing doing gangnam style and it was just kind of like even though it was quite good for his public image it's just it's just 
a good illustration of the extent to which the likes of the slug balls and his ilk have been uh, marginalised within the Labour Party and movement. And, you know, I could say my final thoughts on this documentary series are long may that continue. <laughs> he was dealing drugs and he was illegal and he had an order for removal. And in the end, I'm afraid most people will say, I feel really bad about his kids and I'm really sad he's lost his American dream, but... On that basis, he was illegal and he blew it. Now, it doesn't take away the human pain and the suffering for him and his kids. I mean, that's just tragic. But on the other hand, break the rules. It's the real, real. It's the real, real. It's the real, real. Russia. Yes. Luke Akehurst, a subject of fascination to our show for since almost day one. A trooper and ground warrior of the right of the party, continuing to fight the fight that no one else will. Maybe one day <laughs> Luke's efforts will be recognised, but probably not. There's a load of incredible articles here where, where he's just so complacent about the political death of the hard left. Hard left, hard left, hard, hard, hard left. He's just like, the campaign group are a completely marginal force. They will never see any power again. There was a post I saw by him that he did on the Progress website, and it was done back in 2013. It was the same old shit, like, Labour gave Thatcher power, but... <laughs> it was the hard left of the party. It was the, yeah, it was like literally even back then, still peddling, still peddling that line because that was the that was the alternative history that was peddled to us by Akehurst and many of his uh, many of his kind. There are some great Akehurstian titles to these blog posts, such as "Why We Need the Eurofighter Typhoon." <laughs> <laughs> Again, continuing the trend of his love of <laughs> nuclear weapons. <laughs> There's a picture of him at Karl Marx's grave, oh, holding up what I presume is his young baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, here you go, son. He just instills, like, a burning hatred of the hard left in his children from the <laughs> womb. Like, he just sits by his wife's pregnant belly, just, like, <laughs> reading the diaries of Senator Joseph McCarthy or something. <laughs> just holding his kid up to the statue of Marx, like, this is the source of all evil that threatens yeah. our great party <laughs> these, these Marxists they never had any place in it whatsoever from the beginning definitely <laughs> on his website for NEC of course Luke A. Kirst is running for the NEC has he now taken down the part of the website that tells you who sponsored him don't know have a look because I can't see it so I'm presu I'm guessing he probably has yeah, but people just filled it up with, like, Ho Chi Minh and the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> I'd say R.I.P. Barry, but apparently he was, like, a Britain First supporter. He died. He died today, yeah. He, he died. Shared a, he shared a Britain First post. <laughs> Ideologically incorrect Chuckle Brothers. Where is this? Uh, uh, <laughs> so basically, on his website for the NEC... You had names like Mike Gapes. Someone put Mike Gapes on there. I don't know who that was. <laughs> that was me, I think. Was it Mike? <laughs> or it might, uh, you know, it might have been the real Mike Gapes, but I'm pretty sure I put Mike Gapes on there at some point. I'm with you here, <laughs> comrade. I'm absolutely certain he has been endorsed by the real Mike Gapes. He's been endorsed by Owen Smith, so it makes sense that the rest of the fake soft left Tribune melts would, uh, would do so. <laughs> well, let me tell you about what Luke aligns himself as. In his okay. own words, I'm a social democrat. 
I stand in the Labour tradition that is as proud of Attlee's creation of NATO as the NHS. <laughs> I bet you, yeah, of course. <laughs> the tradition of Ernest Bevin, Herbert Morrison, <laughs> Hugh Gatskill, <laughs> Dennis Healy, and Roy Hattersley. Uh, uh, Ernest Bevan was that the the uh, notorious virulent anti-Semite Ernest Bevan. <laughs> Obviously, In- interesting, Luke. Interest, very, very interesting. Pretty, pretty, interesting. Pretty interesting. Greater equality and greater freedom aren't in conflict. You can't <laughs> yeah, enjoy yeah. you can't enjoy a more equal society unless you are free, and you can't be truly free if you're in poverty. You can manage and regulate markets. You can, oh my make, God. you can have a mixed economy with a strong redistributive state and a dynamic the, private the, the, sector. This, this is such Blairite dogma. You know what? We wait should to call, hear the last sentence. Uh, wait, wait, wait. You know what you should call pure Blairite ideology? Uh, dogma ninety-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Let's carry on. Carry on. Carry on. No mention of the word socialism in any output of, of Dogma 97. Um, <laughs> we must oppose tyranny and dictatorships and terrorism just as strongly when they come from the extreme left as the extreme right. God, it's like reading Woke George Eaton's <laughs> signature of the Euston Manifesto. Ah, uh, no, comrade George now. Uh, i got to say, Tom, that's unfair. Blair did talk a lot about socialism with a hyphen in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, just about community, isn't it? It's all about community, building community, a community, a community of sorts. Yeah, it's, it's just actually community. about, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, be- being in a society with other people and... Uh, Coexisting, uh, tolerating you, one another. Have you finished this piece or is there more? Fucking hell. Well, do you want to hear about why he's proud of what Labour achieved in government or his bold approach to winning the next election or his opposing of momentum's factionalism or his rebuilding the party or his God. truly nationwide party or focused on campaigning or, tra- or his commitment to transparency or putting oh, members it, first? It, is this from his Luke for any seaside? This is, yeah. Just, oh, I no, I don't, wanna, I don't want to hear no, any no. of that. I just I wanted w- to give you a bit, yeah, but we'll we move on to the blogs. I just wanted to give a bit of an introduction to the man himself. And, okay, yeah. yeah, this is NEC candidate Luke Akehurst. Can I just point out one of the, I think, one of the finest policies he put on his Luke for NEC site? One of his aims is no to bullying. A culture has <laughs> developed since 2015 of online abuse. Bullying of people who, <laughs> bullying of people who dissent within the party, <laughs> threats of deselection against MPs and councillors who think for themselves, we'll get into that, that. use of <laughs> use of absurd insults like neoliberal. <laughs> <laughs> neoliberal, a made-up word, but there is not a sizable academic <laughs> literature Insul- by people who support neoliberalism on <laughs> insults like neoliberal, imperialist, and red Tory. <laughs> To describe oh, yeah. fellow party members. This toxic <laughs> culture of hate is uncomradely and has to end. There is nothing imperialist about people who are as proud of NATO as they are of the NHS. Nothing whatsoever. Um, <laughs> could we get to Luke's blog post from 2006? It's on Wario Tifo's pictures tab. Oh, it, God. It's called I Support. <laughs> I Support dot dot dot. And Luke starts, various threads below are now soaking up hostile comments like a sponge. Also, hang on, also, it's bullshit that a culture of bullying and, and abuse started in 2015, because it was 2014 when someone threatened to drown Luke Akehurst in a var of piss. <laughs> 
he starts, Various threads below are now soaking up hostile comments like a sponge. I thought I'd save all the posters some time by just listing the things I really support and they really hate so they can just reply with one stream of venom. <laughs> Here goes. I support the Labour Party. Well, Tony Blair. <laughs> the Hackney Labour Party. Hackney Council. Jules Pipe. What? <laughs> it's a Jules Pipe. I don't know. Was that, what kind of pipe is that? The UK. Crack pipe. The USA. <laughs> NATO. The State of Israel. Australia. <laughs> just, just like all the worst countries. The Australian Labour Party. Like, fucking hell. The New South Wales Right Faction, <laughs> which I guess is a right-wing faction of the Australian Labour Party in New South Wales. Probably. Labour First, of which he is now the chair. Labour Campaign for Electoral Reform. Melt. The EU. Melt. Of course. Melt. Of course. Sweden and its Social Democratic Party. Oh my god, is Luke one of the guys who is like, people say socialism is bad. But look at Sweden. <laughs> uh, I guess he's like, you know, that's social democracy, actually. Nuclear deterrence, of course. The liberation of Iraq. <laughs> this is 2006, by the way. <laughs> so he's still cheering on the Iraq war. <laughs> Our police, security services, and armed forces. <laughs> <laughs> the next one's <laughs> Nuclear power. <laughs> An elected House of Lords, which I think is the first thing on this list since the Labour Party that I also support. Oh, God. Directly elected mayors. A controlled parking zone for Clifton Road. <laughs> <laughs> one of the major just issues. One major, just one particular road near him. Oh, like... He drives next. down every day like, fucking this, 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 this <laughs> fuck is a parking zone. Over. Imagine Luke just fuming, like, fucking potholes, I can't get a fucking pot in space. Um, Asbos. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Almos, which I don't even know what they are. Okay, I don't even, I know know what Asbos are. What the fuck is an Almo? What's an Almo, Tom? Google it, Google it quick. It's a character from, like, Sesame Street. Um, (laughs) Almo. Arms length management. No, that is that it? What is an Elmo? The future of Elmo. <laughs> you know, uh, you'd object. Arms length management organisations. What is that? An arms length management organisation. <laughs> is it something about arms trading again? Fucking <laughs> 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 g- Giving arms at arms length. Like, you can have this nuclear weapon, but we don't want to do a hand to hand exchange. We need to do it at arms length. We don't want it being tracked by <laughs> It's a new Labour policy, which is arm Luke Akehurst to protect him against people with asbos. Uh, an arms length management organisation is a not for profit company that provides housing services on behalf of a local authority. Uh, oh my god, that's so fucking Blairite, man. Some quango shit. <laughs> and he concludes, new security doors on estates in my ward. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my so, ward! <laughs> so, you know, it ranges from the sweeping imperialism. And then he just the... ends it by going, that should give you all plenty to get your teeth into. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it certainly is, Luke. Warrior Tifo didn't. 
epic fucking thread. Thank you for his hard work compiling this absolute gold. He really hates Anne Black. <laughs> he's, got, he's big against Anne Black. <laughs> he's complaining. Oh, oh, here we go. This is good. From 2006, 17th of July. He says, spoof website. It's the title of the post. As someone on the receiving end of a spoof-slash-parody website, I was concerned to see that even MPs are not immune from this phenomenon. Over the weekend, some practical joker has set up a website pretending to be Hayes and Harlington MP John McDonnell, www.johnforleader.org.uk. <laughs> it is clearly not really his site, as it says he is running for leader of the Labour Party, which would be funny if it wasn't too ridiculous to be even vaguely plausible. I am one of the 82% of the public who think he should run against Brown, as I suspect is Mr Brown himself. What more could any aspiring Labour leader want than a comedy left-wing opponent who will struggle to even get the required 44 MPs to nominate him, split the left as half of them want to back Meacher, that's Michael Meacher, the late MP, and remind the electorate how much Labour Party has changed since 1983. Yeah, that post didn't age well, did it? <laughs> When Ted Grant, the former leader of Militant, died, <laughs> Luke wrote, Ted Grant joins Trotsky. Goodbye and good riddance to former leader oh of Militant, god. Ted Grant. Oh my god, if someone was from the left of the party was coming out with that, he'd be calling that abuse for fuck's sake. Oh my god, I got it. Oh. There's one here. Today hack me, tomorrow South America. <laughs> what? What? This is where Luke endorses Hugo Chavez. <laughs> He says, Dr. Dominguez basically gave us a brain dump of the political history of Latin America from the Pinochet coup, which saw him flee his native Chile, through the neoliberalism of the 80s and... Neoliberalism, Luke? I thought, I thought that was a made-up insult. <laughs> ne- 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 I- I'm going to report Luke Akehurst to just compliance, like, just like, compliance unit. Just like imperialist. A it's a ridiculous... Ex- exactly, just like... Imp- no academic literature behind either of those terms. I just love how um, you considered the word imperialist like as an insult for bullying. Like, yeah. You call someone imperialist, like, that's bullying in his words, but you can I, you can laugh about the death of the Trotskyist. Like, yeah. <laughs> to continue, Luke says, through the neoliberalism... Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, to, to the uh, content note, neoliberalism, of the 80s and 90s to the current resurgence of the left... Inevitably, the focus was on Hugo Chavez and the role Venezuela is playing in the region. Any CLP that is looking for a really interesting or indeed inspiring speaker on a region that back in the heyday of the Nicaragua and Chile solidarity campaigns Labour was a lot more engaged with, really ought to invite Dr. Dominguez to speak. Luke continues, Whilst the social achievements of Chavez, which he outlined, are fantastic, Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Supporter of the Venezuelan regime, are we, Luke? <laughs> here we go, here we go, a little quiz. Now, this is the Luke Akehurst ideological correctness test. Tom, would you like me to test you? Let's do it. How correct, Let's how do correct it. you are. Okay, section one, ideological slash political orientation. Question one, are you a supporter of A, replacement of Trident? Uh, no, I don't want to replace Trident. 
B, nuclear power. Uh, not really, no. C, the state of Israel. I don't. I'm not really a supporter of its current actions against Palestine. No, I'm not. Really, no, I'm not really a big fan of the state of Israel. So you'd have got ten points each for yes there, but unfortunately you've got zero points. Question two: Are you? Or have you ever been a member of the Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament, Compass, Campaign for Labour Party Democracy, the Campaign Group of MPs, <laughs> Liberty slash NCL, I don't know what that is, PSC slash LMEC, the Liberal Party. <laughs> like, oh, okay. The Liberal Party. I think Luke probably refuses to accept that they're the Lib Dems. I think Corbyn does that as well. He always says the Liberals, or it might be <laughs> McDonald, but never say the Lib Dems. It's always just the Liberals. And that, that's fair enough. They're not, they're, they're not... bullshit group now. Just, yeah. yeah, they're not serious social Democrats, so they don't deserve to have the Democrat bit of their name. I don't often say this, but David Owen was fucking right about, you know, about not joining them because he <laughs> is a social Democrat. Anyway, are you or have you ever been a member of CND, Compass, CLPD, the Campaign Group, Liberty, NCA, LL, PSC slash LMEC or the Liberal Party. Minus five points for each yes. <laughs> so, what did I score? Well, I don't know if you've ever been... <laughs> you didn't answer! Oh, sorry. Oh, oh sorry. Have I ever been... <laughs> Repeat the question. Sorry. Oh, God. Okay. Are you or have you ever been a, a member... This is this is like I've put you up against Senator McCarthy, isn't it? God, Are like you... A, a hearing for fucking... Yeah. You're, you're up against Huac. This, this have is the you, future. Ha- if, if Luke Akehurst and his ragtag bunch of Blairites <laughs> get control of the Labour Party, he'd be pulling us all in front of communist courts, just like... You know, it's a, yeah, yeah. Like... It's like, imagine having John Wayne as Big Jim McLean's fucking boot in your ass, like, for the rest of time. <laughs> So are you or have you ever been a member of CND, Compass, CLPD, the Campaign Group, Liberty NCLL, PSC slash LMEC, or the Liberal Party? No, I haven't, no. Really? Not... not. Actually, I don't think I'm a member of any of them either. <laughs> Never mind. But still, you would have got minus five points for each of those. But as it is, you just have no points. So you've kind of passed that round. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Question three: Did you vote for Ben or Healy in the nineteen eighty one deputy leadership well, election? Now, Tom, I, I wasn't alive at the time. Um, <laughs> Bullshit. I Bullshit. I would have, of course, voted for Dennis Healy. And <laughs> no, of course, I would have voted for the big, the big boy Ben. So you, you're, you're now on minus twenty points. <laughs> You, you you would have got ten points for Healy and he five points for abstaining. Like system for it, so minus twenty points for Ben. So yes. much, he's like, oh, minus twenty, fucking fuck, fucking fuck, destroyed. Okay, it, here we go. If you had been a Labour MP in the nineteen sixty three leadership election, bear in mind this was before the Electoral College, so at that point it was just MPs who decided who became a Labour leader. Would you have voted for George Brown, Harold Wilson? Or Jim Callahan. Oh well. He'll... Oh, 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 I'll get. I'll tell you the points first. Ten points for Brown, eight points for Callahan, minus five for Wilson. Well, I'm guessing Wilson was probably the least melty of that lot, so yeah. I probably would have yeah, gone for that's... Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brown so... was probably the really right wing option, and then. Oh Callahan yeah, he would've... is. Jack Taylor loves Brown. Was Brown basically the successor to Gatskill? I think so. Brown was a melt. Next. <laughs> <laughs> so you are now on minus twenty five oh points. Oh my god. 
Did you think the good... This is a great question. Did you think the good guys in the Vietnam War were A, the communist Viet Cong led by Stalinist dictator Ho Chi Minh, or B, the US Marine Corps led by left-wing Democrats JFK and LBJ? I think, I think, 20, yeah, I think the good guys... 20 points... Sorry. Sorry. 20 points for anyone unlikely enough to be saying B. I'm going to throw my lot in with uh, Ho Chi Minh and the, and the communists. <laughs> Fair, yeah, the only correct answer. But would you, this is an eight curse question, this is my question, would you have liked Tarek Ali volunteered to do fought with a Viet Cong? Would I have fought with the Viet Cong? Well, to... is that hypothetical? If I was born in Vietnam, would I have fought with the... No, 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 if, if you were a British leftist at that point, <laughs> would, you, would you have volunteered to go to Vietnam to fight with the Viet Cong? Bear in mind, the Viet Cong didn't want British people to fight with them, so they would have said, no, go home. So is this, is this basically his way of going, ha, so you wouldn't have even gone and fought for the cause, ha? No, no, this leftist? is my question oh, this about is yours. whether you would... Oh, okay. This um... is my question about whether you would, would have fought with the Viet Cong, because I've just remembered Tarakon. Lee saying in a podcast I listened to that he was perfectly willing to go and fight with the Viet Cong, but they thought that Western leftists would just basically drag them down and get in the way of their military operation. You know what? Fair play to them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they probably would have lost if they like would have invited like kind of Western leftists over. To be honest, they would have just caused too much yeah. shit for them. Fair play to the Vietnamese communists. They, that, I mean, I mean, they won in the end. So like you know, I think mm. it probably was a good decision not to invite any Western leftists. They over. did. <laughs> so by siding with Ho Chi Minh, how, how prone we are to arguing amongst ourselves, I think they probably made a good call. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. So, so um, no, I, I, mean, I wouldn't have gone and fought for them, but I would have offered uh, my support. But that sounds like now that you know that they would have turned you down, now you feel safe to say that you could have volunteered to fight for them. Melt. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's move on. So you don't get any points for that question. Luke, in his infinite mercy, has not deducted any points from you for that. So you're still on minus 25 In his infinite mercy. Yeah. I avoid Um, Luke Newcomb's swift shotgun blast to the head. Yeah. For my crimes against (laughs) the Labour Party. Some deer hunter shit. Like, you're just, like, sitting around the table with Luke playing uh, playing Russian roulette. (laughs) Luke just fucking pulls the gun on you. And I just look at you, Jack, and I go, Jack, I gotta do it. And you're like, no. And I just pull the trigger and blow my brains out all over the table. (laughs) Okay. I'm the Christopher Walken in this hypothetical (laughs) deer hunter scenario. Yeah, well, you know, you are an acting superstar now. Um, Anyway, question six. In which year did you first publicly call for the expulsion of militant? Now you get two points for every year prior to 1985. You know what? I don't think I would have called them to be expelled. You don't think so? You think you would have backed Tony Ben up there? I would have been with the boy Ben to the, bit, to the think, bitter end. Like Ben protege Max Shanley, that Ben actually made an error of judgment and should have supported Kinnock's efforts to clear the trots out. No, I, I, I don't think it was. Uh, I, I, I would have been. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
I am of the view that militant, when they were in, empowering the councils in the 80s, they were much more effective than they ended up becoming. They were good. They were good. But I think that they were far less socially progressive than the sort of London left. And they didn't embrace the black sections within the Labour Party. They didn't embrace what you might... Oh, yeah, there was definitely, now there was definitely identity that, that politics on their record, definitely. They were entirely class first. And so I think, I think in a way they haven't, in many ways, been as influential as the GLC, for example, and London MPs like Jeremy Corbyn. So would you take, so could you possibly take the line, you're with Ben, but you want the militants expelled? No, no, no. I, I agree with you on this, actually. I think that the attack on militant was a proxy attack on the Benite left. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it was, yeah, definitely. So you don't get any points for that again. I'm not doing Question very well seven. Here, no, you're not. I'm still on minus 25. Question seven. So, Tom, still on minus 25 points. Who made the greater contribution... Yeah, I am as well, but I mean, it's fucking hot. Who made the greater contribution to the history of the Labour Party? Nye Bevan or Ernie Bevan? Oh, it's got to be Nye Bevan, hasn't it? Of course it has, yeah. I mean, uh, it's reprehensible to think otherwise. (laughs) As I said, not, not only was... Sorry to use a slur here, but not only was Ernie Bevan... You know, a bloodthirsty imperialist responsible for much of the most repugnant stuff that the Atlee government did around the world. He was also a virulent anti-Semite, which is not supposed to be something that Luke is in favour of, so I'm disappointed by that. Whereas Nye Bevan, as far as I know, was opposed to fascism, anti-Semitism in all its forms. I am willing to be corrected if that's not true. So... You're going with Nye. You think the NHS was a greater achievement than NATO? I am, yes. No points. <laughs> God, this is brutal. Question He's eight. No prisoners here, is he? No, he really isn't. Going uh, for the nuclear all, option. More, yeah, no, no, no. It's very much kind of a war on terror type. You know, <laughs> just kill them. <laughs> just, just, just do a drone strike on their fucking house. Yeah, no prisoners. Question eight. Did you support British involvement in the following conflicts? Falklands, one point. No. Gulf War. No. No, 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 not the Falk not not the Falklands. The Gulf War, four points. None of them. None of them. Neither. Sierra Leone, one point. Well intervention I, in Sierra Leone? I would need to know I'm guessing probably not, no. Okay, okay, just an instinctive probably bad. Okay. So, I don't, I, I, don't you... I don't know the specific details of the entry into the Sierra Leone conflict. What you, you know properly... what? Because you're sitting on the fence there, that can mean you potentially abstained in Parliament and helped Blair get a pro-intervention majority. So what I'll do is give me a point. I will give you half a point. Oh, thank so you. you are now you are now on minus twenty-four and a half. I'm getting there. Do you support the intervention in Kosovo? Three points. No, can't say I would have done. Okay, Afghanistan. Three points. Nope, can't say I would have done. <laughs> now here, here is the kicker for ten points. Do you support the two thousand and three invasion of Iraq? I I can't say I would have done. No, I'm oh, sorry. Sad, very sad and tragic. <laughs> A war for freedom in the eyes of Luke A. Kirst. Oh, well, the rest of it is just like, have you been on the hashtag Labour doorstep? So I won't trouble you with that. So, Tom, you bow out of the Luke Akehurst ideological purity test with minus 24.5 points. Very sad and tragic. <laughs> you are declared to be a comrade! Oh, hey! nice. Not a cop! Yeah, someone was asking if Coppel Comrade would be back. Well, 
There you go. We'll have a more extended version of Coppel Comrade soon. I think there's a few Labour MPs we need to go through on an episode of Coppel Comrade. Yeah. So, well, let's uh, before we get to the question and answer segment. Yes. I know you want to wrap up soon. Yeah. Just, uh, just have a quick lightning storm through the remaining Wario Tifo screenshots of Aikhurst blog. So here is a good one. P.S. To Mr. Handy, the news agent, I am now boycotting your shop as its front window is full of Stop the War Coalition posters. This adds to my eight-year boycott of Yum Yum's Thai restaurant after they advertised in Liberal Democrat Focus in March 1998. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, I've got to say, I do love how much Luke fucking hates the Liberals. He loves to make the definition. He was, however, very critical of Margaret Hodge for stealing the BNP's policy on council housing. <laughs> Have you seen the one, the wrong letter at the wrong time? What's that one about? Oh, the I'm one about... About Sadiq Khan and Shaheed Yeah. Malik. I'm disappointed that thoughtful, generally sensible MPs like Sadiq Khan and Shahid Malik have put their names to a letter telling the government to change its foreign policy in the face of the terrorist threat. So, oh yeah, and he says, The letter reinforces the terrorist worldview that Muslims are victim of a great, organised global injustice rather than combating that view. So, I mean, there's some pretty rank yeah. denial of Islamophobia there. Yep. Luke, everybody, <laughs> Luke. Luke Akerst. <laughs> in the case of Iraq... For large periods of Saddam's rule, it was a secular tyranny, and the occupation has actually seen a great upsurge in religious freedom of expression. It's true. Now you can just walk around Iraq being like, I'm in ISIS and I fucking love it. Do you mind if I read out the one called I Hate Channel 4? I do not mind at all. Go ahead. It's called I Hate Channel 4. No, not for the same reasons I hate the independent, but because of their treatment of Morrissey. The world's greatest living (laughs) singer-songwriter. Brackets, I can even forgive his vegetarianism and silly views on US foreign policy, so he must be good. Close brackets. Is there a date on this bit? Because hadn't Morrissey had a bit of a comeback in like 2004? What was it? We are the quarry. This was posted at approximately 10:21 a.m. in the morning. It it does not have a a date stamp in terms of the month Uh, or the year. Okay, a lot of these are from sort of 2006 to (laughs) 8. So it could have been. I mean, Morrissey. I'm pretty certain hadn't gone fash by the the time that Luke wrote this. We sat through the whole of their live coverage on E4 of V Festival. Enduring hour after hour of droning dirges from Keen, Star Sailor, some of the bands that all sounded the same. And then when it gets to Morrissey, who was headlining the main stage on Saturday at Western Park and Sunday at Chelmsford, they cut away on both nights to Radiohead and even worse, Razorlight. <laughs> then last night, having seen the great man interviewed halfway through the highlights on Channel 4 and heard the presenter say we would see a lot of his set, we get... At gone 1am, precisely two songs. <laughs> Words cannot express my contempt for these philistines. <laughs> Pearls before swine. I reckon it is just you go to the pub with Akehurst and after a bit he's just like, I fucking hate Channel 4. I fucking hate trots. I, I hate most of Britpop. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Star Sailor was shit. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I'm glad Ben is dead. My favourite, possibly my favourite, I think the ideological purity test is pretty good, but I love this blog post from Luke called Collecting Insults. 
Now, this again seems to fly in in the face of his contention on the Luke for NEC site that the culture of abuse and bullying started in the Labour Party in 2015 because it seems quite a lot of people had disparaging remarks about Luke before then, shall we say. So, he says, one of my hobbies is collecting insults. This seems to be remarkably easy if you happen to mention you support the Labour Party, or Tony Blair, or Israel, or campaign for any of those things. You can even collect insults for saying nice things about Gordon Brown nowadays, or by being a ginger. (laughs) Anyway, here are some of the choicest ones delivered to slash about me, which seem to indicate I must be doing something, right? Akehurst. You're advancing the politics of Stalin with the tactics of Hitler. Or maybe it was the other way around. I think it's probably the other way around, Luke. (laughs) GC delegate, Bristol West, early 90s. The current Labour candidate has no chance. A short, red-haired import from Bethnal Green who struts around like a bantam rooster on Viagra. He has managed, already, to alienate most of his party with his Blairite sycophancy. (laughs) The PLP parachuted the red-haired Muppet in. Tory councillor, Castlepoint on vote2005.co.uk. I love that Luke is the leader of the non-Blairite right-wing faction within the Labour Party and his Blairite sycophancy has been noted. Oh, God. Uh, Here's a good one. You are the shittest man in Labour local government. (laughs) (laughs) Labour Party National Officer, 2000. i got to say, that's fucking impressive. Right, think of how shit Labour local government are now. (laughs) Think of how fucking shit they must have been in the Blair years. Oh my god. Oh god. The most dangerous man in student politics. UWSU sabbatical, 1995. Labour rent boy. The Independent, 2005. What? The the Independent newspaper newspaper just roundly insulted him as a Labour rent boy. (laughs) What? Maybe John Rentoul was just like, fucking hell, this guy's even too much of a Blairite sycophant for he me. He came out of his vampire coffin to <laughs> yeah. deal the dirt, flew, deal the insults. flew out of his crypt, like, Blairite rent boy. Uh, oh, sorry, Labour. A particularly nasty little LCC hack. Labour left briefing, 1999. God, and I love how how he likes to pretend all the bullying started after 2015, and he's just giving off all these examples of internal party strife and his other mates in the media (laughs) just dealing blows left, right and centre. Actually, everyone got on in the Labour Party before Corbyn, you know? It was all a happy family. I mean, we we definitely weren't ejecting elderly Jewish members for quite rightly calling out Jack Straw and his bullshit. We definitely weren't doing that back then. (laughs) Oh, of of course not. Of course, in fact, Walter Wolfgang is a real kind of, could say, a sort of shadowy string puller lurking behind the scenes, causing ill, orchestrating bad left-wing things in, in a lot of these Acurst posts. Shocking. The next quote, We thought we hated councillors until this little shite came along. <laughs> <laughs> From www.clissoldierleisure.com <laughs> Disold Leisure... I don't know. Tom Disso's site. Disso Leisure. A jumped up little spotty red headed upper class shite. That's from Luke's online stalker. Um, a right wing, manipulative, lying, cheating, ginger shite. <laughs> the same person on a different side. Who are these people? Is this, is this, is this his like Blairite 
nemesis's settling well, differences. I don't know. There's one which says, "Look to Scotland." As traditional in depressing times for Labour UK-wide, those of us needing cheering up can look to Scotland for consolation. Ever it was thus. Oh my god. Have you seen his blog post about where he was during major events? My favourite one, he tells about where he was when Princess Diana died. When Margaret, <laughs> when, when... He, he was he was in the car chasing them. <laughs> Luke Akers Wario, killed Lady Di. My new theory perfectly points out that these are like his alibis and stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so he but... says where he was during Princess Diana's death, where he was during the attack on the Twin Towers, where he was. Luke did nine eleven. Luke Akers did nine eleven. Why did all the Lukes get the day off on September? The 11th. Answer me that, okay? <laughs> Where he was during England's World Cup semi-final against Germany and during President Kennedy's assassination, quite rightfully he points out that it was nine years before he was born so he was definitely not the man on the grassy knoll. <laughs> but during Margaret Thatcher's resignation on the 22nd of November 1990, he says that he was sat in his room at Wills Hall, Bristol University, listening <laughs> to the radio and putting off writing an essay. Unfortunately, the rest of the hall of residence was full of Tories who didn't wish to celebrate this event with me. <laughs> I love his post, known knowns, known unknowns, unknown unknowns, etc., which is a spirited defence of Donald Rumsfeld we'll, we'll, upon his we'll resignation. Close, we'll close the Acre stories with that one. Okay, I'm sure right, there'll be plenty of time for on another episode to pick up on another exciting edition of the, the Acre stories on Real Politics. Absolutely. This is some incredible Real Politics reading series material. I wanted to read the one where he advocates deselecting Diane Abbott and said he just voted in favour of a trigger ballot to get rid of her. But yeah, we can get to that another time. Luke's post in defence of Donald Rumsfeld starts This is probably a surefire way to make myself political toast with Labour colleagues, but I actually feel rather sorry for Donald Rumsfeld and find the gloating at his resignation distasteful. Why? Well, for a start off, his strategy in Iraq was our Labour governments, too. So if he's such a bad slash wrong person, so are we! <laughs> exactly, Luke. Exactly. Just, just when you think he might be starting to get it. Yeah. And he's like, nah, 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 nah. So close to getting it. Or at least every one of us that supported the government line. Yeah, key distinction there, Luke. <laughs> Number two, if you are going to have Republicans in power, and I'd rather we were now six years into an Al Gore presidency, you know, Al Gore lives on my street, reads one of I don't know how he lives with knowing that even though he won the popular vote, he still... I would rather they were idealistic ones that believed in spreading democracy to the Middle East than Kissinger-slash-Nixon-style cynics practising real politique and fo- eh, eh, eh? and focused just on the national self-interest rather than some higher ideological ends. I, I agree, Luke. The higher ideological ends of the Bush administration are wonderful things. He's the fall guy for his boss in the White House, who in a European political system would be the one resigning after these elections. He actually did the traditional job of defence secretary very well, overseeing two stunning military victories in Afghanistan and Iraq in a matter of weeks. What is being blamed? What he is being blamed for is the subsequent failure to rebuild Iraq and of the US armed forces to peacekeep. 
neither of which traditionally were or should be core US military functions. That's that's amazing, isn't it? Like, we should just invade countries but not clean up our bullshit. <laughs> My hunch is history will say Rumsfeld made all of us a lot safer by destroying the Taliban slash Al-Qaeda base in Afghanistan and removing Saddam from power so he wasn't around to refresh his WMD arsenal. This, Of course, by this point, we found out there were no WMD. And marry it with North Korean nu- missile technology. <laughs> There are a lot of Afghans and Iraqis, particularly Kurds and Shiites, who have a lot to thank him for. (laughs) Well, there we go. So that is Luke the Nuke. That is some of his wonderful opinions. Not as much Russia blaming as I would have expected, but I'm sure... Not a great deal of Russia at all, but remember... It's post-2015, isn't it, when that kind of pipes up? I'd say around 2014 with the intervention in Ukraine. At that point, Putin had become one of the bad dictators for opposing the Iraq war, but I still think Luke was busy freaking out about Muslims at that point. we move on then to our Q&A section? Let's close it out. Right. Yeah, let's we'll do, let's we'll check do, we'll out do, we'll some do the good ones and then we'll call it. So somebody told us to define moderate and I've linked to a tweet from our old account where we quote tweet Safnam Sangera from maybe from the FT? No, from the Times or Telegraph, one of the explicitly Tory papers. And he said, hate that centrists become, sorry, I'll do an extremely whiny, annoying voice. Hate that centrists becoming derogatory. It basically means being open-minded, flexible, tolerant, practical, and not a deranged extremist. And our tweet says, nope, it means being a cunt. <laughs> Next. Classic RP tweet there. Yeah, that was Kieran for the record. Yeah. I feel like we should credit him if we're still using his material. So credit him for the picture of Yvette Cooper and stuff as well. Yes. Um, w- would you rather get Labour into power ASAP or give it a few years to get our house in order first? Well, I think that's mm. a difficult question because I think with the current PLP, Labour is not fit for government. However, no, I would yeah. not pass up the opportunity for us to get into government. Anything to stop the current awful austerity measures, but again, we have a lot of people in the Parliamentary Labour Party who just do not want to work with a Corbyn leadership or a Corbyn platform. We really need to get some deselections in and underway before we can look at power but again I wouldn't pass up the opportunity to get rid of the Conservatives as soon as possible. Yeah. But it is a difficult situation definitely. Absolutely yeah. But uh, I, I can't, I, we can't I, stress enough how much these people are wrecking our chances of getting into power at the moment in, in the Parliamentary Labour Party. It's just it's gone beyond trying to do it behind closed doors now. It's just open trench warfare with these people. They do not they're want They're a fucking disgrace. Disgraceful. Choo choo. Choo 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 fucking choo. So the thing I was going to say. Obviously you know I don't agree Agree with Kate Hoey on a lot, particularly her trenchant criticisms of Robert Mugabe. But I, I do agree with her on her constant piss boiling of Blairites. However, I've got to say, 
the Blairites can have this one. They can deselect her. I'm fine with it. Blairites, go ahead, do the deselection, normalise that kind of behaviour in the party. I am fully behind you. I personally wish it was like Chris Leslie or somebody. However, I appreciate, you know, if it takes Kate Hoey going, who again, as I say, I'm not a huge fan of, behind the way she always pisses off Blairites. <laughs> and Frank Field. I outright hate Frank Field. He's a fucking ghoul. So deselect the fuck out of them. Go on, do it, do it. Normalise deselection. Then we might be able to be fit for government. Let's move on to another question. So Ed Pennington asks, what happened with JFK and RFK? Shot by Luke Akehurst. Next. <laughs> yeah, that's open and shut case. From Trevor Bastard, CEO ah. of Granny Mugger Media. Good. Which is each host's favourite South London-based multiple character parody extended universe on Twitter? <laughs> I would I say... say uh, Strip Rovers? Well, I don't know. I think for me... I... I think I can speak for Laura and Yair here too. It's the interconnected network of Momentum parody accounts. I think Momentum. Momentum, don't have a cow. Momentum, man. Uh, I think they're all fantastic, very funny, and deserve the uh, extensive media coverage they've got. That would be my answer for that. Can't, Who other? You can't beat Momentum, Trumpton. For the you satire. can't beat it. Sorry, they're melted and rebranded as Mo Cent O. What, so they don't do the little claymation memes anymore? Oh, no, they still do that. It's just weirdly devoid of context. (laughs) Come on, man, they're still going. I mean, there's more than enough Owen Jones tweets for them to screenshot in a furious way. Or I love their tweet where they complain that some youths were smoking skunk on the street corner. Uh, That was my favourite thing. (laughs) Next question from Stefan Blaney. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are. Correct answer. <laughs> Biggest melt in the PLP from Scouse Socialism. Oh, that has got to be, for me, between Ian Austin and it would have been John Woodcock, but he's been suspended, yeah. thank fuck, for being just oh, Well, he left danger. on his own accord, oh, dodged good. the sexual harassment Fucking investigation. No, but it's okay, Tom, because he's going to submit himself for an independent investigation into sexual harassment. <laughs> Head of investigation, Jay Woodcock, MP. Like fucking prick <laughs> between him and ian austin definitely yeah and of course woodcock's clp had no confidence in him but he resigned before they could deselect him <laughs> so wonderful so he's now he's no longer a labor mp he's an independent who can stay in power until the people of barrow and furnace vote him out which they will absolutely anyone else like i would have said jess phillips but i haven't heard from her i'm shocked we usually hear from her on uh, twitter it's usually i think she's pretty reprehensible I, yeah i'd go with her <laughs> leslie and ian austin i think is just an absolutely repugnant cunt. Isn't she literally working for Tories at the moment? She does get paid a fair amount to do some advisory work for Lord Ashcroft or something. And she's like the... Jess Phillips makes a lot of money. Like, like, I'm not saying she's in politics for money. I mean, I think she is, but I I think money money and fame. But she has an enormous register of members' interest page. So, yeah, Mm. I think in the way that Jess is just riding the fucking gravy train, I would say she's a pretty big melt. But for me, it has got to be just a real outright reactionary fuck like Ian Austin. A really nasty racist piece of shit. I don't like John Mann either, because he tries to portray himself as an authority on anti-Semitism. He is not. Uh, 
multiple multiple attacks on Jewish leftists, exactly. which I think are repugnant. But not only that, but he has a history of distributing offensive leaflets about the traveller community throughout his constituency. And at the same time, he, he has also been accused by people of Islamophobic comments. A Muslim guy on Twitter said that man came up to him after an event and said something about Muslim rape gangs, grooming gangs. So, yeah, I think he's a pretty malevolent hypocrite. Him and Austin give off these vibes of this very confrontational masculine sort of approach yeah they, they're bloke labor very blokey bloke labor. very blokey very intimidating fuck them yeah there's no, there should be no place for fucking macho cunts like that in the plp might as well just stick fucking james o'brien in there to grandstand oh about shit all day long anyway so, oh, we could talk about he's got the moral compass of a uh, a kit kat that's a good impression i imagine you've got the sort of Sniffing a stale fart impression he, on you as he face. just sits there what... close to the microphone, just scratching his mouth like it's like Corbyn's just like a he's got the moral compass of a of a Kit Kat. You think oh. actually that fresh farts might actually be smellier than stale farts? But anyway, yeah. next question is Robert Mugabe a melt? I'm very sorry to say that Robert Mugabe is a melt. Yes. What do you think the M in MDC stands for? Come on, like, let's be real. Um, he disavowed socialism uh, a long time ago. I mean... Gonna have to disagree here, Tom. Hard disagree. <laughs> Men and Gagger all the way. Just secured his democratic mandate. He did, he did. Well, you know the people who observed the election who managed to agree? Various organisations didn't agree with them, but two observers of the Zimbabwean election that agreed that it was rigged were Kate Hoey and the EU. Now... Whose side are you on? Who's that? Zanu PF, obviously. You're on the side of the crocodile. <laughs> Emerson Munn and Gaggle. Well, no, no, on a serious note, I think actually there's a very checkered legacy of Zanu PF governing Zimbabwe. But <laughs> you don't say I, <laughs> no, 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 seriously, I think they've also done some good. But I think with the MDC, I had more confidence in them when they were led by Morgan Shangarai, who unfortunately died of cancer earlier this year, because Shangarai had a long history of being a trade unionist, being a leftist. When he died, people like the Zimbabwean musician Thomas Mapfumo wrote about what a great socialist he was. So he was a serious leftist. I don't know as much about Nelson Chimisa, the current leader of the MDC. He's a former lawyer, like Tony Blair. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not entirely sure about Chimisa yet, but I, I stand to be corrected. I've, what I I do find especially interesting is that they have right-wing politics out there, but it's incredibly marginal. The MDC and ZANU-PF are both ostensibly left-wing parties. But I think Munangagwa will bring in more market reforms. Anyway. And giving back land to the white Zimbabwe farmers, I believe, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. obviously. I don't fucking support that. Yes, yeah. No, it's not a good policy. What is the most ideologically correct reality TV show? Ed Pennington also oh, asks. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I don't watch any of them. I haven't really been watching Love Island. I've been like walking past the downstairs room when it's been on so I can't really tell you whether well let me just put it this way I don't think Love Island would be ideologically correct because from what I've heard various domestic abuse charities have criticised the behaviour of some of the contestants and how they've been speaking to some of the women on there some of the guys so I, d- oh, I don't right. think Love Island would be an ideologically correct show what reality TV show would be ideologically correct Cop or Comrade TV version. Yeah, that would be good. Or any... Real uh, politic televised show trials. Danny Dyer meets Britain's Hardest Man. <laughs> no, but then again, he's had his Zoo Magazine column about cutting birds' fucking faces uh, up. So, yeah. uh, I, I know we're supposed yeah. to point out how supposedly that was potentially a ghostwriter who did that. 
but he hired a shit ghostwriter. Yeah, put that out under his own name. Not a good moment. Yeah, so I don't like reality TV shows. I'm gonna say I you don't, don't, I don't watch any of them. Who watches a lot of reality TV? I like documentaries, but reality TV shows are like documentaries, but stripped of all kind of purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stripped of all like aim. I know this is a bit snobby and stuff, but I just don't find them interesting. I think that's a perfectly fine position to take on him. I'm still trying to work out what the hell. You know, one of those shows. Uh, made in Chelsea or Essex or whatever. The one that's set in London of all the Tories, which I believe is the Chelsea, something made in Chelsea. It would make sense that it's it oh, right. set in Chelsea. I'd like if there was a crossover between the made in Chelsea and the real politic televised show trials, which end in Saddam style televised executions. We get hung. We get hung. <laughs> Wait, no, it's, we're not going to be subjected to the show trials. We're going to be doing them. Oh, sorry, yeah. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. No, there is, there is no good reality television. I'm sorry. None. Tom, do you know who Felix Zernski is? I saw that. I don't know. Let me quickly look up. Uh... A Polish and Soviet Bolshevik revolutionary leader and statesman. I'll oh, probably pretty cool then. Probably a comrade. Probably a bit of a comrade, yeah. Yeah. He's not, if Again, he's not a Menshevik, so it... he's going to be a comrade. Yeah, exactly. You know who self-identifies as a Menshevik? Who? Luke Aker. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's facts, man. He actually does. Let's motor through a few he more would have, of his he questions. He would have hated being around the Russian Revolution as a Menshevik. Russia. Yeah. He just uh, would have been whining. Div- oh, they're bloody stifling my freedom of expression. <sighs> Luke would have like defected to the White Army and got shot. Anyway, <laughs> Div says, "Why is every veteran UK journalist part of some secret racism club?" Well, Div, I think it's actually very abusive to a. Uh, call Michael White a racist like that. What you've actually got to call him is Michael Shite and do what the sadly deceased Kraken podcast did and turn his baldy bonce into a fucking dick (laughs) with cum coming out of it. Yeah. What is this jizz, Michael White? Great quote. I think it's just div that politics in Britain is just fundamentally rotten. We have one of the most foul and base political cultures in the world and an even worse press. I think possibly we have the worst press in the entire world. Oh yeah, in terms, we in certainly terms of the have laws the least are, trusted. In terms of the laws that kind of favour them, in terms of what they can print, it's pretty pretty appalling. I mean, the United States yeah. is pretty bad as well, but I think Britain might just tip it in terms of just the pure toxic bile that you can get out of the British press sometimes. I think the third question from Ed Pennington... And Ed's got a lot of questions today. Yeah, he has. Questions, questions, questions. Why is milk the funniest liquid? Milk! Well, Ed, you see... Because it doesn't because... have fluoride. <laughs> well, exactly, because it's pure... It is a wholesome, family-friendly laughs. Furthermore, it's because Mike Gapes did a fucking ridiculous pro-EU speech in Parliament where he said, cut to clip, And you have the milk <laughs> that is taken from cows in the south and taken from cows in the north and it is put together in the same factory where it is mixed together with whiskey and it comes out as Milk. <laughs> that is Any why. excuse to use um, that clip. Um, although Laura has an alternative response, which is either come or piss. Yeah, that's good. I agree with the piss line. Yeah, um, absolutely. There's a question here. I'm going to do it now for the person. They said it's from at I'm Jordan Follows. It says, "What happens if you say the milk milk man in into the mirror three times? Should I do that now? Try it. Try it. I'm a bit worried actually." 
Because I'm worried that it's going to be like Candyman and fucking... (laughs) (laughs) Look out, look out, it's the Candyman. Candyman's actually quite a good horror film from the 90s. Probably one of the few good horror films from the 90s. Check it out. Haven't seen it, mate. Just know the Grateful Dead song. (laughs) So, okay, I'm looking looking at my gammon sweaty head in the mirror right now. I'm terrified that... Okay, shall I... Okay, here we go. Look out, look out, the candy man. Here he come and he's gone. The milkman. The milkman. The milkman. Listen to uh, Tim Peaks what, now. What available on all? Listen to Tim Peaks Fire and Walk with me now. Yes, yes, available on where top? Uh, SoundCloud.com. SoundCloud.com. Forward exactly. slash Real Politics Podcast. Connor Sweeney asks: With recent interest rate rises by the Bank of England, should I fix my mortgage or play for time? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. Um, oh fuck! <laughs> welcome to Real Politic Financial Advice. You know that Martin Lewis with our, yeah, with our special guest. <laughs> yeah. We're parking our tanks on his lawn. Acres would approve. How do you maintain positivity in the likely overwhelmingly shite next few decades? Sam at um, meme references. Um, Sam, mate, I don't know. I'm clinically depressed. <laughs> like, yeah, on. yeah. We're, we're, I'm not the. Ro- let's just say that. Uh, <laughs> Comrades, stay healthy, stay well. Take Kanye's advice and don't be around people who make you want to kill yourself. Get off Twitter, everyone. Get off Twitter <laughs> at once. Do it now. Leave the Labour Party. Quick, quick. I can tell you right no, now, I don't, I don't. When, when left Twitter goes up into flames, when you pull yourself back and you just turn off the app, it does me a world of good. And then I go into the real world where I also want to <laughs> just, just escape from that as well. In fact, you just kind of get away from any of it. It's going to be a difficult couple of decades, but it's all right. We'll make friends along the go. way and we'll keep fighting. We've got what, what else have we got to do? That's a much more sanguine answer than the one I gave. This is um, the more, yeah, we've got to try and end on an upbeat note or try to. We're all fucking Burb Camp says, Can other working class authenticity totems be added to Robert Webb's watching Blind Date and reading The Mirror? Or has he finally defined the class entirely? Now, <laughs> comrade, I actually would really like to do, not this episode, but in a future episode, a real politic reading series of Robert Webb's response in The New Statesman to Russell Brand's declaration that people should stop voting. <laughs> he was very, very angry. He spent a lot of time talking about how he hated Neil Kinnock and didn't join Labour until Tony Blair got in. <laughs> so Robert Webb's political philosophy is pretty amusing. So I like to pick it apart. Has he defined class entirely? No, he left yeah. out that working class people hate falafel, they love McDonald's, and they won't have a word said against the company because it is impossible to enjoy a company's products and also think they're a bad company. <laughs> As Wes Streeting told you. Also in the New Statesman, in fact. Oh, earlier today, Tom, I saw I had a voicemail message on my phone. I was like, oh, Did really? You listen What's to this? It? Who, who sends voicemails? We'll, yeah, it was we'll, you we'll, doing a Mike, we'll, we'll it was you doing a Mike Gapes impression. Play, play, we'll play it for the audience. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll what did I say? I can't because... remember what I said. It was. Oh, it's just some shit about milk. <laughs> of course, of course. Hello, comrade. Call me back. Milk. To listen to this message again, press one. Milk. Uh, is to Ian call Austin you, comrade, and you won't pick up the phone? <laughs> Why don't you an- don't don't you return my calls, comrade? The, the, the trick to gapes is, is you've got to sound like you're Saint on the verge of tears. Is Ian Austin really DJ Chris Evans? Gavin at Time Force Cop asks us. <laughs> yes, there is no difference between the two. Actually, no. I'd say Ian Austin's head is still slightly rounder and more balloonish. Yeah. Favorite defunct left party from BM Bergamot, host of one of my favorite podcasts. We don't talk about the weather. Favorite defunct left party. Um. The Green Party. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Melt. Yeah, I mean, when you go into certain kind of small-scale hard left groups, I mean, some of them are fucking rape cults. So yeah. you, you, you want to stay away from some of those types. In terms of yeah. like yeah. historical, I don't think many British communists are too keen on the old, now defunct Communist Party of Great Britain. Well, as David Oslin pointed out earlier, the Communist Party of Great Britain have had a huge kind of intellectual hegemony over both the left and the centre-left the old, the, for, the old, for many, many, many years, though. What with Marxism today, which was at one point their official publication, forming the intellectual basis for new labour, despite all its virtues, <laughs> it wasn't all good. No, I can't. What was the name of that? You know when I was in Oxbridge with you and we were in the pub having some lunch and... Oh, uh, was that the Revolutionary... Co- no, it, was, it wasn't it was the, the Revolution. It was, no, it wasn't the RCP, it was, the, was it? it? Yeah, the Workers' Revolutionary they Party, were, they, were, they were just going around handing out newspapers and for one that's all senile actors <laughs> it was a trotskyist group of some fucking kind yeah uh, <laughs> you just another tell question straight here. away they're trotskyist yeah 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 they're a total tro- i mean if they're selling you a paper and a fucking spoons um <laughs> you trying end... to get money us office and we didn't have any so he's like oh just have it just take it yeah 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 he just gave us his trot paper <laughs> i've still got it i think um at the end no moral asks what is the future of meltism in 2018 my answer to this would be a clip of the sex pistols tom i think you know what i mean what a no future no or Steve Jones going, what a fucking lie. Go on, you've got another five you seconds. Dirt, Say something outrageous. You dirty bastard. Go on, again. <laughs> you dirty fucker. What a clever boy. What a yeah. fucking rotter. Well, that's it for tonight. Is Corbyn letting down the left because of having no strategy to face the PLP? Uh, maybe. I, I, I just think it's bigger than one man, really. It's not Corbyn is only as strong as the movement around him. Yeah. We just need to get our fucking app together and just take the courage to just go, you know what, we got to get these fuckers out. It doesn't matter how much they're going to moan and blab to the press. They're going to do that anyway when they're an elected MP. You've got Mike Gapes, Vince Cable and a single hammer in the middle of a large tarpaulin, says at Feral McCats. Who becomes the leader of New Centrist Party? <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Well, Vince knows how to survive. 
for a long, 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 <laughs> long time in politics. So I'm going to put yeah. my bets on him. Yeah, let's find a way to convert the large tarpaulin into a coffin. Kind of fold it in so that Vince can fit. Through. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. From at BM Bergamot. Narrow, oh, yeah. narrow boat holiday with Stephen Kinnock or one intimate dinner with Jacob Rees-Mogg? I would take the dinner with Rees-Mogg and then just start, like, stubbing the candles out in his eyes and stuff. <laughs> like, I, 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 like, just, just like, fucking, the thing like, with... stick the chandelier over his head and start kicking him in the balls the thing, repeatedly. The thing with the intimate dinner is that you can get out of that. You can get out of the corridor manor that is, like, a labyrinth of, of the home of Jacob Rees-Mogg, but with the narrow boat holiday, you can't escape. You're stuck on a canal <laughs> oh boat for several weeks and you can't get away with Kinnock Senior and Kinnock Junior just I remember the day when we expulsed the trots out the party I can't it's I can't very do perplexing Steve <laughs> it's very perplexing, very Steve. perplexing that the trots are back tr- the trots are fucking Welsh is it acceptable to like Dan Hodges tweets if he is pro-remain no, 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 of no, course no. not. What the fuck? What the? F- it's, it's not acceptable to be fucking pro Remain at this point, let alone like launder Dan Hodges's reputation because he makes some vague pro EU noises. The single best bargaining chip that Theresa May and her Tory government have had in negotiations with the EU is to promise the European Union that they will enshrine the limits on state spending into British law to tie the hands of a future Labour government. That is the most persuasive argument that the Tories have been able to make to the European Union yet. So again, fuck the EU, and especially fuck Dan Hodges, man, that racist cunt. (laughs) Dan Hodges is a thoroughly contemptible man. Or or to put it more broadly, Um, as you did, a cunt, yeah. Do I think that it's brave that Dan Hodges got fucking glassed by a Nazi? No, he should have glassed a Nazi. I think, is that what? all the questions we got? Ben at Not Ben Fish asks, what are your honest predictions for the next general election? I'd say a majority of 420 seats for the Labour Party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think those are all the good ones, really. Depending on if we can sort out the Parliamentary Labour Party, I'd like to think a majority Labour government. But again, we yeah. really, really need to clear up shop in yeah, the Parliamentary exactly. Labour Party. I can't stress that enough. Oh, Tom, final question. When is our Patreon link coming? Soon. Hopefully soon. I know a lot of people have told us to get one. We should get one and see how it goes. Yeah, and then we absolutely should. Can... Well, we have got one, haven't we've got, we? We've we got one. We just haven't, one. Like, we just haven't written anything We haven't written anything. We haven't put, like, a pitch on there. But it's not going to be like a tiered system. I think we're just going to make it open so people can send whatever they can. And then yeah, if, yeah, people, if, if, if people have donated over a certain amount, they can get additional content every week. Like, we're going to do mini-episodes. We're doing a premium episode this week, aren't we? So we're yes. getting the material together to start doing more. We're going to put out more material material but some of it is going to cost just money, like just like where jack loves to gush over neil young i'm going to gush over the clash and, and jack's going to do it as well, well. jack loves yeah. the clash as well i'm a clash fan yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm looking forward to doing that and the final question which was the sort of addendum to the previous question when is the woke batman villain coming back on now oh, we understand I know that, that is that he's, they're talking about yeah we, uh, yeah, woke bane we understand that woke bane has been uh, traduced in a very nasty way by a, a, a certain lying shill for erdogan so uh, who we won't name and doesn't deserve the oxygen of publicity or in fact the other type of oxygen um 
So, yes, Woke Bane, you have our solidarity. You're a great legal mind. You do good tweets. We're on your side, man. Always. Always. Come on, real right. politics again. Right. So I think I think that's about us done for today, isn't it? Pete told us about the Gulen movement. We owe a lot to him. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. We'll be back very soon. We'll have an interview being conducted by our good comrade from another podcast who's been on the show before, talking to us about a certain musical play. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. A certain musical play. What is it? Cats? Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of milk and cats. <laughs> milk and cats, yeah. We'll have one of our first Patreon episodes hopefully out soon. And the soundtrack to the play. Yes, the, the, we'll get an episode where we have all four of us on as well. So, thanks everyone. Cheers for listening to Real Politic. Been good to politic with you it's as been a always. Pleasure. Thank you for tolerating us. <laughs> so much for the tolerant left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent whatsoever. This one goes out to my favourite time on the whole left. Sensible time Alright politics But that's by the by Neo-heliism Spoken with pride To let us know He's on our side Squawk box blog posts What are they? Under him They'll have no say service thanks it's tech it's exciting it's young people it's crowdsourcing milk